Hey y'all, hey! Welcome to Such a Lady, and I'm your host Siobhan, and we're on episode four. Yay! I'm so excited, guys. So, thanks for tuning back in, or if it's your first time tuning in, thanks for tuning in. I'm excited to have you here. Um, this podcast is all about ladies who do crazy things behind love, and I totally get it. I mean, you know, our next I'm not going to say yes, but our next person of interest, she's kind of, she reminds me of myself in some ways because I'm not going to lie. I like bad boys. I like guys that are a little rough around the edges, but don't get me wrong. I want you to be rough around the edges, but I still want to be able to take you home to my mama and I need you to be able to go to church with me. So it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a balanced thing. I need to know, you know, I need to know you can fight for me if we go out, but I also need to know you can pray for me if I'm down. So that's where I'm at. But our next um, person of interest, Alicia Warrior, Warrior, she was very interesting. I um, I became intrigued with her because her story is it's quite complex. Um, Alicia was born in Missouri, and she stayed there until she was 13. Now, prior to leaving Missouri, she had been raped by a friend of the family, and after this happened, she started acting out. Her grades started dropping. Her attitude started changing. She was angry with everybody. And nobody really knew what was going on, but they knew something had happened. And and I'm inclined to believe that maybe they didn't. I mean, you don't just automatically suspect someone's out here touching my kid. So maybe they didn't know. And I know that a lot of times when people um, rape or molest young children, they always tell them don't tell anybody or someone won't believe you or I'll hurt someone. So I don't know what they said, but she never told anyone. Um, The family started seeing that it was a problem and so they were like okay well maybe a chain of, a change of scenery might help so that's what they did when she was 13 they moved from Missouri to Kansas and with the new move Alicia decided she wanted to turn her life around as well so she started making good grades um, eventually she really um, turned it around she ended up going to college she got married but that marriage didn't really last very long. Um, and when she finally finished college, she ended up getting a job um, at a community center where they actually help people who were on parole. And that is where she met Jeremy Warrior. And Jeremy was on parole because he had shot his ex-wife. She actually had come over to his house to scare him and he was like don't be coming over with that crazy mess and she had a gun and he wrestled the gun away from her and ended up shooting her in the foot and so he ended up going to jail but it wasn't a very long stint and he didn't have any problems while he was in there he actually hadn't from everything I saw he hadn't had any he hadn't had any problems before either this was just a case of hey one moment can change your whole life and that's what happened so while he was on parole, him and Alicia started dating and things became really serious between the two of them. And once he was off of parole, he told his family, hey, look, I'm going to marry her. This is going to be my wife. And true to his word, within a year of knowing each other, um, Jeremy and Alicia got married. And it was I saw the pictures. It was a nice wedding. Um, she's very um, pretty as a bride. Things went really well for them for the first two years. They were living in a Kansas suburban um, area and Jeremy was working at a concrete company. They had a nice house, nice cars. Things were going really good. At this time, 
um, Alicia wasn't working. She was staying at home and she was struggling with being at home by herself and not really having any friends and her husband being gone, working all the time. I don't know that struggle because I'm single and <laughs> I'm still trying to get myself out here. So I don't know her struggles, but I get it, sis. I get it. But anyway, so she was at home just kind of hanging out and I guess she got bored and was like, OK, well, you know what? Let me go make some extra money. Um, again, I don't have that struggle. <laughs> I work because I have to, not because I'm bored. But she ended up getting a job at an insurance company. And she started meeting new people at the company. And one of her friends, one of her coworkers, she ended up going out with one night to a club. And she met the infamous Darrell Rogers. And Darrell was a bad boy too. That's why I said that Alicia probably had this thing with bad boys because when she met Jeremy, he was on parole. And so then she meets Darrell and I'm saying like, he's on parole too. He's on parole for a firearms charge and he isn't working and he stays at home with his mom and she sees him and she's smitten by him. Like she's intrigued. And so they start getting to know each other and Alicia starts hanging out with her friend more, who's also friends with Darrell. Well, eventually the friend kind of fades out and it's just Alicia and Darrell. And she, for a long time, she tries to keep it a secret. But you know, after a while, you start kind of not caring. And that's where she was at. I mean, she was picking him up from his mom's house before she went to work and drop, letting him drop her off at work. Now, mind you, she has a whole husband at home, a whole husband <laughs> who has a job. She has a house. She has stability over here, but she's picking up Darrell who don't got no car at his mom's house and he dropped her off at work. Listen, the struggle is real. It's real. Um, but so they started just basically becoming a couple and Jeremy you want to give your wife the benefit of the doubt, but he started getting suspicious. He was like, something's not right. She's not coming home at night. She's staying out late. She's drinking. It was just a whole bunch going on. And he was like, I don't want to, I didn't sign up for this. And Alicia was kind of like, I didn't sign up for this either. And so she was ready to walk away as well. And Actually, Jeremy was the one who was saying, hey, look, let's try to make this work because he really did love her. Um, based on everything I read, he really loved her and it seemed like she loved him, too. I think that she probably kind of got bored and Darrell was kind of her little salsa in her food. I don't know. Maybe that's the word. I don't know. OK, but he he lit a fire underneath her. And so they continued to sleep around and sneak around and all this other stuff. And I think maybe either Alicia realized that if she left, she was leaving her home and her car and her stability to be with someone who didn't have any of those things. So it was like she would have been going backwards. So instead of her leaving, she told Jeremy, hey, look, let's try to make it work. And she said that she was going to leave Darrell alone. He didn't know about it. But in her mind, she was like, I'm done. I'm going to try to make these work with my husband and see where it goes. And that was the route that they started taking. She started coming home. She started not um, staying out as late, not going out as much. And Jeremy was happy with that. One day, she told Jeremy that she was going to take him to work that next day because 
his taillight was out and she wanted to get it fixed for him. So she was actually really trying to be a good wife. She was trying to switch things around, kind of like how she did when they moved from Missouri to Kansas and she turned her life around. Maybe she was going to turn it around for her marriage. Um, that morning around 4.30, her and that next morning around 4.30, her and Jeremy get up so that she can drop them off at work. Apparently, Jeremy had to be at work early in the morning. And so they get up and they go out to the car. They're heading to his job and they stop at the stop sign. And this is where it gets tricky. Um, Alicia says that two Hispanic men jumped out of a car in front of her and they came up to the car and they started shooting at the car. And the next thing she remembers is waking up in the hospital. And so the doctors are talking to her and she's asking where... Jeremy is because she remembers that these people came and attacked the car, but she doesn't know what happened to her husband. And the doctor has to inform her, not only did Jeremy not make it, but you got hit with the bullet and the bullet that hit you paralyzed you. It hit your spine. And so you won't be walking anytime soon, you know, or at all ever, you know, unless God intervenes. But yeah, she was paralyzed from the waist down and that really hit her hard. She had lost her husband and then now she would never be able to walk again. And once she started getting a little bit better, the police came in and they asked her what happened. And she told the same story that two Hispanic men had jumped out of her, had jumped out of their car and just started shooting at the car for no reason. The police immediately start checking on leads about the Hispanic people. And at this time, Alicia's family and Jeremy's family is at the hospital with her because they're concerned like you know what happened he's gone but we still need to make sure you're okay and one day the uncle sees someone leaving her room that he doesn't know and so he's like I'm gonna tell the police because I want to make sure that whoever did this gets caught and the uncle from everything I read it looked like he already knew that Alicia wasn't the most loyal person and she wasn't on his favorite list of people. So he already was kind of leery at her anyway. So he contacted the police and told them, hey, this man that I've never seen before came in there and was talking to Alicia. Y'all probably want to check up on that, which the police did. And they came and they asked her and she was like, oh, that was just my friend. He was just coming to check on me because I got shot. And the police asked his name and they ran him and hit Darrell Rogers. And they didn't think anything of it. A friend came to check on her until they started pulling up call records. And this friend, she talked to him a lot. Okay, so they go back and they ask her again, hey, listen, nothing is coming up with these Hispanic guys. What's going on with this Darrell character? Because we see that you're calling him a lot. So she lies again and she says, he's still a friend, but it wasn't Hispanic people. It was a black guy in a red SUV. And so they're like, hmm, I don't know if I believe that because the first time you lied, now this is a different story. So they're like, okay, we see that she's not who she's saying she is. But it's probably, I think it was probably hard for them to think that maybe she has something to do with it because she was shot too. Like she was paralyzed. So if she was a part of it, then it went bad fast. But she still admitted that she didn't have anything to do with her husband's murder and she hadn't been unfaithful. And it was just a pure coincidence that her and Darrell had been talking so often. So the police continue to look into everything. And then finally they come and they tell her, listen, you need to tell the truth. And you need to start talking now. And she does. The third time she finally says, okay, listen, I'm sleeping with Darrell. 
and he came up here but he came up here because he was the one who shot jeremy and when he came up here he told me if you talk i'm gonna shoot you just like i shot you before and i'm gonna kill you this time just like i did i did your husband and so alicia tells the police listen i was scared for my life i didn't want to say anything i'm already paralyzed i don't want to die like my husband did so i didn't say anything so the police put her in a a special room with a security lock so no one can get in there because at this point they're like okay well maybe she did have a jealous lover and maybe he was like if I can't have you nobody can have you so we need to protect her and that's what they did and then they went after Darrell they went after him and they arrested him because at this point Alicia is saying I saw him shoot us he was the person I saw I just didn't say anything so they have her pointing him out so they go pick him up and he's in jail and he's you know he's not saying that alicia had anything to do with it at this point he's actually saying y'all got the wrong person i didn't do anything i wouldn't kill anybody and so they're getting ready to go to trial he's in jail for quite a bit of time um right the week before the trial alicia's attorney contacts um his lawyers and says that she can't identify him it was actually the two hispanic men but the police pressured her into saying that it was Darrell, and she doesn't want to put a man away who is innocent and so they don't have anything to go by so they have to let this man go so Darrell gets off for murder and he guess what he goes home to alicia now alicia i told y'all she worked at an insurance company and prior to her getting shot And before Jeremy got shot, she had asked him, did he want to get a life insurance policy? Now, she says that he asked her because there was a family member who had passed away before and the family had to rally together to get um, to pay for the funeral. And he didn't want that to be their situation. So she said that he asked for the insurance and the records say that she asked for it. But either way, they took out a four hundred thousand dollar policy on each of them. So when Jeremy passed away and the insurance company didn't think that Alicia had anything to do with it because, of course, she got shot in the process. They cut her a check for over $400,000. And so when Darrell got out, not only did he get out, he got out with his boo, and now they got this money. And when I tell you, like, they were living it up. Um, Darrell was probably the one spending all the money, though. Um, but Alicia probably felt like, okay, well, A, I have to be with him because he he's a part of this story. If I leave him... He could talk. And then B, who else might want me? I'm paralyzed from the waist down. You know what I mean? And then C, I re- she probably really did love him. I mean, he was still a bad boy. And <laughs> he wasn't trying to turn his life around anytime soon. And she probably felt like, oh, this man really loves me because he killed for me. So they get to spending all this money. And then I, they even got into some insurance fraud. Because at some point after the money started going down... Darrell and Alicia set their Mustang on fire. Now, why, how they had a Mustang and she was in a wheelchair and paralyzed from the waist down? I don't know how that worked, but they had a Mustang and they ended up setting it on fire for the insurance money. And they ended up getting away with that. And then after they did that, they started doing little small stuff. Nothing that they really got caught for. Didn't really find out about it till after they got arrested and then they started talking. But the police knew that something wasn't right and they never let the case go but they knew that at that point 
there wasn't anything they could do because Alicia wasn't talking. Darrell wasn't talking. They didn't have any eyewitnesses. They only saw people from the scene. They only talked to people from the scene who said that they saw a gold colored SUV that was driving away from the scene once um, Alicia and Jeremy got shot. That was the only thing they had to go by was a gold color SUV. So the case really got kind of cold. Well, one day, this guy named Jamar Moore comes into the police station and he says, listen, I want to confess to you guys. I was part of the plan to kill Jeremy Warrior. I was the driver of the vehicle and the person who did the shooting was Darrell Rogers. And we set up to rob Jeremy and it was just to rob him. And I didn't know that anybody was going to get shot, but he got shot. And I'm only coming forward because I have a bad conscience. I think he was lying about that. And let me tell y'all why I say that. Because after he said that, he said, oh, and another thing, they were supposed to pay me money, but they never did. Now, this is my thing. I'm not saying that I'm ever going to go out and kill somebody, but I will say this. If I did, I'm going to make sure if I don't pay nobody else, I'm going to pay the people who did it with me because I need to pay for your silence. (laughs) Like, I don't understand how these people go out and do these murders with other people. And then once they do them, they don't pay them. Y'all out buying houses, buying cars, taking trips. Darrell even bought his mama a car and was in the process of getting his mama a house. But y'all couldn't pay this man $1,000, $5,000. I want to say he said it was $5,000. Y'all couldn't pay this man $5,000 to keep his mouth shut because I'm pretty sure if they would have paid him, he wouldn't have came to talk. But they didn't, and so here we are with a story to tell. So he tells the police that that's what happened, and he said he was tired of taking up for people who didn't take up for him, loving people who didn't love him. And I'm just like, okay, killer with the heart. Like, I mean, even if you didn't know that they were going to die, you knew that you were getting ready to rob somebody and anything can happen in the course of a robbery. So I'm sorry, you don't get a pat on the back, good boy. Thank you for telling the truth, but you don't get a pat on the back. back. But yeah, so he tells the police that um, it was a robbery that had went wrong. But he also tells the police that Alicia was the one who set it up. She actually came to them and was like, hey, do you all want to make some extra money and rob my husband? But what he didn't know, and he didn't find this out until after the murder had happened, was that Darrell had already set it up that he was going to shoot Jeremy and that he was supposed to shoot Alicia in the leg. And that was her idea. She said, listen, I want to make it believable. So after you shoot Jeremy, which they shot him six times, I want you to shoot me in the leg. And so that's what he did. And he, at first, Darrell said he didn't want to do it, but I'm pretty sure she didn't have much time convincing him. I'm sure she was probably like, hey, shoot me in the leg. He was like, no. She was like, shoot me in the leg. He was like, okay, let's go. Uh, But (laughs) I'm sure that's what happened because he probably didn't really. He might have cared for her, but I don't want to, I don't know. Listen, I don't, I can't speak on it, but I just feel like if you love somebody, you're not going to put them in a situation that's going to cause them to spend the rest of their lives in jail. That's just my own personal opinion, but I could be wrong. But hey, guess what? This is such a lady and I'm speaking, so I'm right right now. (laughs) But no, so to move on. So the police actually go and they pick up Darrell and they're like, listen, your best friend, Jamar, came and he talked to us and we know everything. And so at this point, Darrell's like, okay. I did it. And he makes a deal. Like, I'll tell you everything to take the death penalty off the table. 
and he ended up getting convicted and sentenced to life in prison. Well, he turns on Alicia and they go pick her up. Now, when they go pick Alicia up, she's still denying everything. I didn't have anything to do with it. I would never kill my husband. Me and Darrell just started messing with each other after the fact. And it just, the story just kept changing and changing and changing. And finally, they were like, okay, well, we don't need you to talk because we have Jamar and we have Darrell and they're doing enough talking for everybody in this situation. Well, come to find out, <laughs> Alicia had rented the gold SUV that the witnesses saw driving away. She had rented that two days prior for Darrell. So the car that was used to drive away after killing her husband was a car that she had rented from Hertz. Also, not only that, she told the police that she was taking Jeremy to get his car fixed. Um, she was taking Jeremy to work so that she could get his car fixed. But come to find out, they contacted Firestone, the place where she was supposed to be taking the car. And they said, well, no, nah, that's definitely not true because she came in here about a week ago and we messed that tail light up and we broke it and we offered to pay for it. But we had to order that part. And the day that Jeremy passed away, the part wasn't in. So there would have been no need for her to bring the car into the shop if the part wasn't in. So we got you written the SUV. We got you um, lying about taking his car to the shop because the part wasn't in. And then we have your lover who's telling on you. So the stack started mounting up, but she never, ever said that she was guilty. So sis was going to, she was going to go down and she was going to keep a secret. Even to this day, all the reports that I read, she's never once said that she had anything to do with the murder. And even when the police asked her, why would you rent a SUV for Darrell then? She said, because he wanted to take his children to a amusement park. So, and this, this is where my mind is at. I'm like, okay, so you had a husband at home and he was working overtime to make you happy. You had a good life. And I'm saying, I'm pretty sure it, it, it wasn't nothing said that they were rich, but they were comfortable. So you had a comfortable life. And then you decided that you wanted to give that up to be with somebody who didn't have a job, didn't have a car, stay with their mama. All the meanwhile, I can't get a text back. Somebody call in, somebody go to my Instagram page at suchalady30.com. I mean, such a lady on Instagram. And t let's talk because I'm, I'm confused. Like you got two men and I can't get a call back. But it just intrigues me that she threw that all away. She threw that all away. And so now she's been sentenced to 50 years in jail and she's not even eligible for parole until those 50 years are up. So I guess that's, what is that? Um, 50 years, no chance of parole? I don't know. That's what it says. She was charged with premeditated first degree murder. And she's going to spend the rest of her life behind bars. And it's such a sad story. And it's sad because it went wrong so fast. I think in her mind, she thought, okay, well, you know what? It'll be a little shot to my leg. I'll be okay. But who would have ever thought that that shot was going to paralyze her? And so now she's rolling around in the county or the prison and she's in a wheelchair. It's crazy. Woo. Well, go to such a lady 30 on Instagram 
and tell me what you thought about this episode. Also, anytime we do a story, there's going to be a picture if I can find one, which usually I'm pretty good about my research um, on the on the Instagram page. And you'll see because I don't know if y'all are like me, I'm a visual person. So if you're telling me something about somebody, I want to know what they look like. And so I'll do you all a solid and I'll definitely make sure if I can find the pictures, I will um post them and go there because we're going to have a seventh episode party and we're also going to do like an online um, party and it'll be like prizes and giveaways just because I appreciate you all um, taking the time out to listen and we have so much in store I don't think we're going anywhere anytime soon because there are so many women who kill for love Um, and I have so many stories to tell you guys so thanks for tuning in and I'll catch you all next week thanks for listening to such a lady